Lord God, thank you for revealing yourself through the Bible. May we truly hear you. In your name I pray. Amen. All right. Hi, guys. We are in um, day 14 now. And um, Jacob is going to be taking all of his people and his belongings and leaving his father-in-law. But um, it's not going to be such a smooth ride. <laughs> so let's get started. <clears throat> Start with it. Um, insight. If there's one lapse in moral character which besets early man, including God's special people, it is dishonesty and trickery. Fearful that Laban might not let him leave, Jacob secretly steals away with his family and flocks. To make matters worse, Rachel takes some household gods belonging to her father and later covers up her theft by lying to him. After Jacob and Laban exchange hostile accusations, they resolve their differences by establishing a mutual treaty of peace. In all the dealings between Jacob and Laban, and again in the reprehensible conduct of Rachel, there is a reminder that God can work his will, even through men and women who share in the frailties of moral character. And into scripture, we're in Genesis 31. Jacob heard that Laban's sons were saying, Jacob has taken everything our father owned and has gained all this wealth from what belongs to our father. And Jacob noticed that Laban's attitude toward him was not what it had been. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Go back to the land of your fathers and to your relatives, and I will be with you. So Jacob sent word to Rachel and Leah to come out to the fields where his flocks were. He said to them, I see that your father's attitude toward me is not what it was before, but the God of my father has been with me. You know that I've worked for your father with all my strength, yet your father has cheated me by changing my wages ten times. However, God has not allowed him to harm me. If he said the speckled ones will be your wages, then all the flocks gave birth to speckled young. And if he said the streaked ones will be your wages, then all the flocks bore streaked young. So God has taken away your father's livestock and has been and has given them <clears throat> to me. In breeding season, I once had a dream to which I looked up and saw that the male goats mating with the flock were streaked, speckled or spotted. The angel of God said to me in the dream, Jacob, I answered, here I am. And he said, look up and see that all the male goats mating with the flock are streaked, speckled or spotted, for I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now leave this land at once and go back to your native land. Then Rachel and Leah replied, Do we still have any share in the inheritance of our father's estate? Does he not regard us as foreigners? Not only has he sold us, but he's used up what was paid for us. Surely all the wealth that God took away from our father belongs to us and our children. So do whatever God has told you. Then Jacob put his children and his wives on camels, and he drove all his livestock ahead of him, along with all the goods he had accumulated in Padan Aram, to go to his father Isaac in the land of Canaan. When Laban had gone to shear his sheep, Rachel stole her father's household gods. Moreover, Jacob deceived Laban the Aramean by not telling him he was running away. 
So he fled with all he had, and crossing the river, he headed for the hill country of Gilead. On the third day, Laban was told that Jacob had fled. Taking his relatives with him, he pursued Jacob for seven days and caught up with him in the hill country of Gilead. Then God came to Laban, the Aramean, in a dream at night and said to him, Be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. Now, Jacob is pitched, had pitched his tent in the hill country of Gilead when Laban overtook him, and Laban and his relatives camped there too. Then Laban said to Jacob, What have you done? You've deceived me, and you've carried off my daughters like captives in war. Why did you run off secretly and deceive me? Why didn't you tell me so I could send you away with joy and singing to the music of tambourines and harps? You didn't even let me kiss my grandchildren and my daughters goodbye. You have done a foolish thing. I have the power to harm you, but last night the God of your father said to me, Be careful not to say anything to Jacob, good or bad. Now you have gone off because you longed to return to your father's house. But why did you steal my gods? Jacob answered Laban, I was afraid because I thought you would take your daughters away from me by force. But if you find anyone who has your gods, he shall not live. In the presence of our relatives, see for yourself whether there is anything of yours here with me. And if so, take it. Now Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen the gods. So Laban went into Jacob's tent and into Leah's tent and into the tent of the two maidservants, but he found nothing. After he came out of Leah's tent, he entered Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the household gods and put them inside her camel's saddle and was sitting on them. Laban searched through everything in the tent, but found nothing. Rachel said to her father, don't be angry, my lord, that I cannot stand up in your presence. I'm having my period. So he searched but could not find the household gods. Jacob was angry and took Laban to task. What is my crime? He asked Laban. What sin have I committed that you hunt me down? Now that you've searched through all my goods, what have you found that belongs to your household? Put it here in front of our relatives and let them judge between the two of us. I have been with you for 20 years now. Your sheep and goats have not miscarried, nor have I eaten rams from your flocks. I did not bring you animals torn by wild beasts. I bore the loss myself, and you demanded payment from me for whatever was stolen by day or night. This was my situation. The heat consumed me in the daytime and the cold at night, and sleep fled from my eyes. It was like this for the 20 years I was in your household. I worked for you 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your flocks, and you changed my wages 10 times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not been with me, you would surely have sent me away empty-handed. But God has seen my hardship and the toil of my hands, and last night he rebuked you. Laban answered Jacob, the women are my daughters, the children are my children, and the flocks are my flocks. All you see is mine. Yet what can I do today about these daughters of mine, or about the children they have borne? Come now, let's make a covenant, you and I, and let it serve as a witness between us. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a pillar. He said to his relatives, gather some stones. So they took stones and piled them in a heap, and they ate there by the heap. 
Laban called it Jegar, Sahadutha, and Jacob called it Galid. Laban said, this heap is a witness between you and me today. That's why it was called Galid. It is also called Mizpah, because he said, may the Lord keep watch between you and me when we are away from each other. If you mistreat my daughters, or if you take any wives besides my daughters, even though no one is with us, remember that God is a witness between you and me. Laban also said to Jacob, here is this heap and here is this pillar I've set up between you and me. This heap is a witness and this pillar is a witness that I may not go past this heap to your side to harm you and that you will not go past this heap and pillar to my side to harm me. May the God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, the God of their father, judge between us. So Jacob took an oath in the name of the fear of his father Isaac. He offered a sacrifice there in the hill country and invited his relatives to a meal. After they had eaten, they spent the night there. Early the next morning, Laban kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. Then he left and returned home. And now an insight insert. Realizing that he was going to pass through territory occupied by Esau and apprehensive about the threat under which he left Canaan, Jacob makes careful preparation in anticipation of encountering Esau. While he waits in uncertainty, Jacob is found rather mysteriously wrestling with God. In some way, God presents himself to Jacob as a human being. Why Jacob is wrestling is not given in this account, but his physical struggle is not unlike the spiritual struggle of a person facing potential conflict or perhaps death. In any event, there are two rather important consequences. One relates to a dietary law, which Jacob's descendants will observe, and the other suggests that Jacob's name will be changed. As Jacob leaves on this journey from Gilead to Canaan, he is met by messengers from God who give renewed assurance that God will be with him on his journey. And back to scripture. Jacob also went on his way and the angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, this is the camp of God. So he named that place Mahanaim. Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. He instructed them, this is what you are to say to my master Esau. Your servant Jacob says, I have been staying with Laban and have remained there till now. I have cattle and donkeys, sheep and goats, men servants and maidservants. Now I am sending this message to my Lord that I may find favor in your eyes. When the messengers returned to Jacob, they said, we went to your brother Esau and now he is coming to meet you and 400 men are with him. In great fear and distress, Jacob divided the people who were with him into two groups, and the flocks and herds and camels as well. He thought, if Esau comes and attacks one group, the group that is left may escape. Then Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives, and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you've shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two groups. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me, and also the mothers with their children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper, and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. 
He spent the night there, and from what he had with him, he selected a gift for his brother Esau, 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 female camels with their young, 40 cows and 10 bulls, and 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. He put them in the care of his servants, each herd by itself, and he said to his servants, Go ahead of me and keep some space between the herds. He instructed the one to the, in the lead, When my brother Esau meets you and asks, To whom do you belong, and where are you going, and who owns all these animals in front of you, then you are to say, They belong to your servant Jacob. They are a gift sent to my lord Esau, and he is coming behind us. He also instructed the second, the third, and all the others who followed the herds. You are to say the same thing to Esau when you meet him, and be sure to say, Your servant Jacob is coming behind us. For he thought, I will pacify him with these gifts I am sending on ahead. Later when I see him, perhaps he will receive me. So Jacob's gifts went on ahead of him, but he himself spent the night in the camp. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maidservants, and his eleven sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, Why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore to this day the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. Jacob looked up, and there was Esau coming with his four hundred men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two maidservants. He put the maidservants and their children up front, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph in the rear. He himself went on ahead and bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. But Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Then Esau looked up and saw the women and children. Who are these with you? He asked. Jacob answered, They are the children God has graciously given your servant. Then the maidservants and their children approached and bowed down. Next, Leah and her children came and bowed down. Last of all came Joseph and Rachel, and they too bowed down. Esau asked, What do you mean by all these droves I met? To find favor in your eyes, my lord, he said. But Esau said, I already have plenty, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. No, please, said Jacob. If I have found favor in your eyes, accept this gift from me. For to see your face is like seeing the face of God, now that you have received me favorably. 
Please accept the present that was brought to you, for God has been gracious to me, and I have all I need. And because Jacob insisted, Esau accepted it. And Esau said, Let us be on our way. I'll accompany you. But Jacob said to him, My Lord knows that the children are tender and that I must care for the ewes and cows that are nursing their young. If they're driven hard just one day, all the animals will die. So let my Lord go on ahead of his servant while I move along slowly at the pace of the droves before me and that of the children until I come to my Lord in Sayir. Esau said, Then let me leave some of my men with you. But why do that? Jacob asked. Just let me find favor in the eyes of my Lord. So that day Esau started on his way back to Seir. Jacob, however, went to Succoth, where he built a place for himself and made shelters for his livestock. That is why they call the place Succoth. After Jacob came from Padan Aram, he arrived safely at the city of Shechem in Canaan and camped within sight of the city. For a hundred pieces of silver, he bought from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, the plot of ground where he pitched his tent. There he set up an altar and called it El Elohe Israel. And that's day 14. So um, you probably heard me choking up a little bit. I do get emotional sometimes. Um, that was a beautiful moment of brothers, um, which I'll talk about in a second. But I wanted to go back to um, the part where Jacob is explaining that um, the flocks that he got, the, the um, spotted and streaked flocks, actually came from God, not branches that he had stripped and put before the mating animals. But he acknowledges that God's the one who caused that to happen so that um, he would be blessed with those animals because he's, the Lord saw how Laban was mistreating him. Um, also, uh, that Rachel, mm, stealing the gods from her dad and then hiding them and lying about it. I'm curious, though, if that will ever come up again, if Jacob will ever find out what Rachel had done, because he had no idea. He even said, if you find out that somebody did that, um, that they will not live. He um, he certainly had no idea that Rachel was the one. So we'll keep an eye out and see if that ever comes up again and what Jacob would do if he found out. Um, also, I noticed in Jacob's prayer that um, he prays God's own words back to him. And I think that's a very powerful way to pray. We pray scripture we can pray, God, you promised to do this and you promised to be with me. You promised you would never leave me. And um, Jacob kind of gives a great example of praying, God, I don't deserve all that you've given me, but you said that you would be with me. You told me to go back, so I'm going to trust you. That's pretty awesome. Um, and when Jacob is wrestling with that mysterious man, who may be God in form of man, um, that he refuses to let go and seemingly overpowers the man. 
or at least doesn't um, isn't beaten by him. So I'm thinking if it was God, he certainly could easily have beaten Jacob. Um, but maybe he just took on strength of a man. And um, it kind of reminds me not to give up that um, we, even when it doesn't look like prayers are being answered, just keep going. Don't give up. And God will bless you for that. God will honor that. And um, for some reason, I was also just thinking that sometimes I do get a little judgmental on these Old Testament people and how they they um, seemingly don't trust God to follow through on what he said. They get fearful. They take matters into their own hands and become deceitful. Um, but I realize, of course, they didn't have all that we have today. We have the Bible. We have the life of Jesus as an example. We have teachings at the touch of a finger. We have um, testimonies of so many people that can testify of how God has worked in their lives. But these Old Testament um, people did not have all of that. They only had, you know, this, Jacob just had the stories of his father and his grandfather, maybe. Um, so can't be too hard on them for for having some some doubts and being a bit fearful. But the beautiful part that I kind of was choking up on was that forgiveness and reconciliation of Jacob and Esau that um, after so long and um, that they were that Esau was willing to forgive and accept his brother and was so glad he said it's and Jacob said it's like seeing the face of God knowing that you've accepted me now um, it's just beautiful and it reminds me that um, we need to be careful not to hold grudges um, people say hurtful things and um, I know of families where siblings haven't talked to each other in years. Children haven't talked to their parents in years because of some um, hurtful thing that happened. But um, we need to be careful that we uh, forgive and move forward with the blessings of God. And that's, that's my little point to ponder. So we will see you next time.